Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. Here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello and welcome. Today, I want to introduce you a special guest. Her name is Carolyn Deck. She is from New Zealand. She does not currently live there, but she has lived there all but 25 years of her life, and she is married with 30, for 32 years with five adult children plus a new daughter-in-law. Um, she spent her entire life traveling in and out of turbulence from a very young age, a number of different homes. Now, she's a travel agent by career and has traveled to over 30 countries. She's lived away from home, like I said, away from New Zealand for the last 25 years, but she is an expert on travel and life's challenges. Welcome, Carolyn. We are super excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much. It's a privilege being here, and thank you for inviting me, Tammy. Oh, you are very welcome. So tell us a little bit more. I see on your shirt it says hope. That's all I see. So tell us a little bit more about where you got, how you got there. Sure. Um. To start with, it, it, it wasn't a choice of mine. It was something that presented to me and I had to make a choice. And so um, I was going through a series called Transform. Our church had actually just bought a new building and we had to consider giving. And so that became for some, the transformation of the mind. All that we have, is it ours indeed? Or is it actually being gifted to us? And so there was this process of, of transforming our thinking. Well, in that process, I did literally get woken to say, and I believe it was God calling me saying, I want you to write your story. <laughs> and I'm like, I wasn't Mary and go, oh, yes, here am I. I was just like, uh, no, wrong person. Uh, you have got the wrong sister. My sister is far more qualified. She's a teacher. She's brilliant at all things, English and writing. And, you know, no, you got the wrong person. And by the way, who wants to hear my story? You know, pitiful me <laughs> or, or imposter syndrome me, whatever. And very quickly, I heard, uh, I'm God. I know what I'm doing. I choose you. And by the way, it's not your story. Mm. So history, which I'm a part of, is his story. And I'm like, oh, dear, that was very humbling. And um, I have been in Bible study with BSF International um, for over 20 years. And I love the stories of old. Basically, basic instruction before leaving earth is the Bible and it's God's love story to us. And he just uses stories of people's lives just to show, you know what? I am the creator God. I know all things. I'm omniscient. I'm all powerful. And I have purpose for you. And I love that because I'm like, oh, okay. Even those 
those really painful parts of my life, I know now having processed it through writing that, yes, he does use that for purpose. And there is hope. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I love that. Um, and interestingly, my mother and um, not my mother in law, my daughter in law's mother gave me this, which I just think is so precious. I love that. And um, I've been looking at actually doing going on from here, doing a study, um, a four day challenge, actually. And I'm looking at hope and hope is our heart and being honest. We have to stop there and be honest with ourselves and be honest with what we think we know and believe. Um, it, o is for me the opportunity that if we can do that, there is great opportunity from healing from the past and using that as your strength to move forward. Uh, then we've got to practice it. We've got to be resilient and persistent and we have to just keep practicing that. Um, live into the promise which is the hope that God says he has for us, which is amazing. He can turn and does turn everything. He uses everything purposefully, even the bad bits, oh, which absolutely. is incredible. And then E, if we endure that and enter into that space of hope, hope is eternal. That's what this verse is. So that's the E. So it's huge and I love it. And it it it, it just is powerful. Well, and it clearly lights you up. So there's no <laughs> doubt about that. It so does. well, that's great. And it's funny because I know I have a, a, a very dear friend that's writing a book right now, and hers is about she's a widow and her brand is the positive widow, and she writes about the hope philosophy. So everything uh -huh. it's like that acronym, like that acronym right now is so powerful because I think that's what people need right now. They need they do. Hope. People are struggling, whether it's children, adults, I mean, young, old, it doesn't matter. People are struggling and they need to hear stories about you, yours, like yours, and stories of resilience and hope. And, you know, as far as being a writer and, and having it ready to go, I mean, I, I love the saying that, you know, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So <laughs> you've clearly been called. Now it's time to get on it and figure out, you know, the rest will come. Don't, that's yeah. not, that's not the problem. No. Well, he got me to this point and I did 60,000 words of, they call it, I'm sorry for the language, but they call it writer's vomit. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I healed in that process of 60,000 words. And I just love that, you know, hope is the heart, right? It starts with the heart, the heart of God. And I just was so humbled that yes, he wanted to use my story but he wanted me healed first. And I just yes. like, oh, it, it got me very emotional, actually, to realize, yeah, I need healing. I really do. Because, you know, I wrote something, actually, and it says, until we stop, face and heal wounds of our past, they will continue to bleed, leaving a stain on our lives. Mm. Powerful. And Yes, and, and it's like a scab, you know, that you think it's healed, but actually it's not healed because it can get knocked and, and, and you might pick at it too and it will bleed mm -hmm. versus a scar. So I've been scarred many times and scarred from physical surgeries. I've had to learn how to walk over six times 
with different oh, wow. surgeries. Yes. Um, but I can embrace a scar because to me, that's symbolic of victory. That yes. yes, I needed healing. And in my case, I needed bits cut out. I, I needed I needed new hips and I needed new hips three times. And I know I've only got two, but I needed it three times. And I needed bone grafts. And I, <laughs> I need, you know, the need was great, but the scar is amazing because it reminds me that I'm now healed and I am. I'm so grateful that I am. And it it's a reminder to me when I see myself, I go, yeah, I've overcome. I have victory in that. And it did remind me of Jesus, actually. You know, he was scarred for us, that the transgressions of our lives and covered his love for everybody. Mm -hmm. He rose again alive, but he still bore the scar in his hands and in his side. And I thought, oh, wow, he's got three scars. I've got three scars. And I just, I don't know. I found that really, I was just like, oh, that is kind of precious. And so that is my hope that people can heal beyond having just a scab and have victory in their scar because it's powerful. Absolutely. Do, I, do you mind if I ask, like, what were some of the ways that you went through that process of healing? I know healing can be a painful thing. It can, it can be rough. Healing can, it's, it's not always a smooth really transition. Rough. Yes. Well, I think I've already mentioned the word honest mm -hmm. and I implore my reader that unless you can truly sit in the space of honesty with yourself, mm -hmm. um, that to me is the starting point. Let's just be honest. And so for me, I had to go back into my past and process all of that and be totally honest with what I believed and how do we spell believe that's very interesting b-e-l-i-e-v-e -E -E. so the challenge was what do I believe is it true are there hidden lies in what I believe as who I was in my past and the words that got spoken into my life when I was a child are they true am I believing a lie wow and so it was amazing. Um, I'm looking at this in, in the four R's, really, that when we stop and we reflect and we really revisit who we think we are, um, we really reflect on those deep hurts and pains, what it then allows us to do, if we choose, <laughs> and it's how we respond to that which is really key, we can start to refocus. Yes. And as we refocus, I think it's like going to the gym. Okay, um, it hurts, <laughs> right? Those workouts really hurt. And especially if you haven't done it for a while, which I haven't. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I did it a lot when I was recovering, but I kind of fell off that wagon. I'm like, oh. We all do. <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, it's hurt, it hurts, but if we stay resilient, we then become strong and then we become reformed. We have this transformation and that was the process that I undertook and it works. 
it really works but it is overarching with with the choice of how we respond to that and being honest we must be honest absolutely I mean as so much of healing is self-reflection and looking back you know I truly believe I like to, I went through, I don't believe people need to relive though. I think you have to go back and you have to be honest about what happened, but I truly don't believe like in my situation, I don't have to relive every single ugly situation. I have to become aware of it. I have to accept it happen and I have to sit with it and I have to deal with it at, you know, even if you're reframing it and looking at it from a different angle, but yes, yes, I mean, when, when you talk about, am I really living the life that I should be no, because we were all born these divine creatures. We weren't born marred and and cynical and and scared and you know. So that happens to us from the external, you know. Yes. That happens to us from somewhere else. Yes. So it's it's yes. Your subconscious by the time you're twelve, I don't know when your trauma started or when your bad situation started, but that by the time you're ten or twelve you've literally got an identity formed based on everything else that happened to you versus who you truly are. That's right. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I was a travel agent. I'm, I'm retired from being a travel agent, but I still travel a lot. And I liken it to being the air traffic controller of your mind, mm-hmm. right? We actually do allow things to come into our mind we allow that we have a choice and we can stop it we unequivocally can stop that when we are very intentional and so as soon as a dark thought comes you can send that away you say stop I'm not going to think about that anymore okay because that's not helpful that's just going to bring me down and so that's not saying that you're not you're going to sweep it under the carpet It's being intentional to recognize it and do something positive with it. Instead of being the victim, you use that to empower yourself. I mean, I I love my tennis and I've just listened to um, Coco Goff. I love that girl. She's 19 years old. She's being interviewed and she goes, actually, can I have that mic, please? I I want the microphone. So she took a hold of the microphone. And then she spoke into the truth. The truth was, you know what she said? For all you people out there that put water on my fire and said I couldn't achieve Mm -hmm. whatever that was. I can't remember what it was. She goes, thank you. Because then you came back and you put more water on my fire saying I couldn't achieve this. And I thank you. Because you then put more water on my fire saying I couldn't achieve this. And you know what you did? You fired me up and now I am the US champion. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. So, because she had she turned around, came right back and put gas on that water on that and blew it up. <laughs> yeah. She did, right? And so that's what we can all do. But it's really an intentional mindset. And so when we're intentional and and these and it starts with our thinking. Yes. It's like, but then it goes from our thinking and it lands in our hearts. And and then that really controls the outcome. Andy Stanley, I love, and he goes, what you believe, you act on, Mm -hmm. and there's your outcome. And we repeat that because that's what we believe. 
So his challenge is you need to go back and revisit what you believe. Mm -hmm. Because just maybe, like I said before, maybe you're believing a lie. Maybe you're believing something that somebody told you when you're a little girl. And sadly, I love my mother to pieces. And she still hears the lie of her mother who's been mm -hmm. dead easily 50 years. Mum's 87. But she's wow. still allowing the words of her mother to, it's yes, it shaped her, but it's still controlling her, her life today. Yeah. It's so sad to see. And, you know, she asked me once, so, you know, your father sort of led you down the route of, you know, church and discovering your faith. What have I done for you? And she she was the alcoholic. She she's the one who um, has been held with addiction and um, uh, depression all her life. And I looked her in the eye, and we 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 get on so well. I love her to pieces. And I said, "Mum, you gave me the most valuable lesson of life." Oh, she goes. I said, "Yeah, this is really painful. You taught me." how not to live. Ouch. And we both cried and I gave a big hug and I said, mum, that is the most valuable lesson you could have given me because you've identified, you allowed me to identify these areas through your life that I can choose not to go to. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a part of my life, but it doesn't identify who I am. It shaped me, but it shaped me for the good to make, to respond, to make my choices different from yours. And I thank you with all my heart. And I'm so sad and broken for you that, you know, you're still experiencing that. But that is, that has been my fuel, actually. Yeah. And honestly, how much, how much hope can you give telling your story by that? Just to know, I mean, here's a situation and you're saying you literally made me who I am, the good, the bad, the everything, but yet I still love you. Yes. I mean, that, that to me is admirable and courageous and brilliant. Yes. Well, I was just listening before we came on actually to Dr. Jeremiah's turning point. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about what agape love is. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't believe a human has the capability to give agape love because, because we're both broken vessels. You know, we are. We, we, the fall came and since then it's broken. The relationship's broken. The, the, the perfect garden of Eden is broken. We live in a broken world. But what I love about what he said agape love is that love is the shelter and the refuge that we can go to when everything is broken mm. and yes. where do you find that in the world I don't know that you can find that but he gives us that if we choose to go to him he gives us the shelter he gives us the covering but not only that he actually then sustains and supports us from beneath as well he lifts us up you know to fly like the eagle right that's there's a verse about that and I love that that's the only bird that in the storm, while all the other birds are flying this way, the eagle flies head on into a storm, sticks its wings out, and it is just naturally taken above the storm. Mm -hmm. And as you think about that, our storms of our life, wouldn't it be amazing to fly above that 
and have a different perspective. You know, they say you can't see the wood for the trees. Right. So that's what I love about the agape love of God in so much as he takes us into the head of the storm. He takes us above. He gives us his perspective. And then he allows us to walk through the storm for his purpose, which is really not about us, but to actually then bring others with us. Bring others. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That is our job. <laughs> yes. That is our purpose. And to have more people that have hope and that will spread that word. And that's what we're all here for. Yes. So that love protects. He, he gives us refuge. He covers us. He uplifts us. And at times he carries us too, you know, like the footsteps in the sand. And yes. it's like, well, love that poem. Love that poem. How come there, you know, you walk with me and now there are only one set of footprints. Did you leave me? And he goes, oh no, I carried you. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was one of my hardest projects I ever did is I crocheted or uh, stitched, hand stitched that whole poem. It took me forever. Wow. It was, it was beautiful. It's still Isn't beautiful. It beautiful? Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Yes, absolutely. So tell me about, I wanted to ask you, because I know you have a book, but I wanted to ask you about faces with names. Oh, oh my goodness. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. So I've already talked about the heart of God and I've talked mm -hmm. about my dysfunction and knowing he's been there. Well, the other amazing thing is when I was a little girl, we didn't have much and I would be given money for birthdays and Christmas. And I just loved nothing else than going into a bookstore and buying books of the African wild. Okay. And I don't know why. I just did. I had this love. It was like the seed was planted in my heart. And I loved the, the fierceness of the lion, you know. And interestingly, you know, Jesus is the lion head of Judah, right? So, yeah. Anyway. And, and I love the elephant. And, yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I became a travel agent and now I find myself in Africa and I'm collecting sticks for our fire that night. And I'm in the Serengeti in the wild. And then next minute, here come these little African faces, little people. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is their home. I'm actually in their home. Mm -hmm. And look at them. They're radiant with with just this joy and yet I'm invading their space and yet they are they're so welcoming and it really hit a chord I'm like oh my gosh I don't know I think I just love these people maybe one day Lord I don't know I don't know but I this is amazing decades later my daughter wanted to go and do um uh, a um, mission trip somewhere mm -hmm. I said you're a big girl you're at college you work it out and so she came back to me she said okay I'm doing habitat mum habitat for humanity mm -hmm. and which country you're the travel agent or you were which country and I'm like no 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 yes Malawi you can go to Malawi that is a commonwealth country you'll be safe there let's take you there she came home with these faces orphaned little faces again little African faces orphan children and I'm like oh my gosh they're those faces and I'm like oh one day one day well I was at a writers conference in Austin Texas and I met Eric I'm just trying to find the brochure um and anyway Eric and I we were working really hard on our books 
and we were sitting around the campfire and he goes, you know, sometimes, Carolyn, you just got to join the dots. And I said, oh, yeah, well, that's true. And then I said, so what are you doing? And he goes, oh, well, I formed a foundation. It's called Faces with Names. And he showed me this brochure. And that always gave me goosebumps. So that was your face. That was the faces you saw. Yeah, absolutely. So all those years since I was five, join the dots, he said. And then he showed me this and I just knew it was an epiphany. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm writing this book to give the proceeds to these. Now I can finally be united and have purpose in their lives. That is perfect. That is absolutely beautiful. I was wondering when I saw that, I'm like, is that her organization? Is that because I thought I had heard it before. I'm like, I've definitely heard of faces with names, but I was like, that's pretty cool. So all of your money from your book, which will be in the links below, like when you'll be able to see the book and get the book and everything, all of that yeah. money goes to that. That is absolutely yes. beautiful. Well, it's, it's available now. It's been online for a month. Okay. Um, and yeah, sales are ticking along. So yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. So you said you've been in over 30 countries over how yes. many years? Over how many years? Yeah. Like, well, like I said, I, I started um, traveling because I was an exchange student to America. So they, they were my homes. Okay. So, you know, um, I left my dysfunctional family. My sister cared for me for a year. I went back flatting um, or um, living with my dad and his girlfriend. Um, and then I became an exchange student to America for a year. Okay. So that's where I started my journeys of international travel. Yes. And so it just continues. <laughs> a lot of people out there putting all this stuff on their bucket list. Like gotta be that, gotta be that. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's super, super fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, because I know you had said you traveled and you had the dysfunctional family. So do you think like when you say the turbulence, did it all stem from that alcoholism of your mother or was it just the moving around? Was it a combination of everything? Uh, no, it stemmed with this dysfunction of my parents. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I won't, I'm not going to put it all on mum because she was an alcoholic. And I, I talk about this openly in my book it's I realized you know when two people come together they don't come together perfect right do that right and so mum had her issues and my father had his issues they both had identity issues within themselves and two imperfect people came together which created more imperfection Right. <laughs> because we're just broken people let's be honest mm -hmm. and sadly one thing led to the next and that just spilled over into both their lives to cause this dysfunction and turbulence as a child which oh, I would yeah. yeah unfortunately it always takes you know they say like I'll say okay well I'm the one in my family or my you know my my lineage to stop the, to stop that, to stop the generational trauma or whatever. And it takes generations after me. It's, there's so much that's just going to happen regardless for generations to come, but it does take that one person. I say it takes that one person to just become aware that there is yes. hope for a better future. And that's yes. the, the simplest and, way to put it. Yeah. And for me, I was just saying to my husband this morning, there was something that happened in our family um, after my dad died, which was devastating to me. 
and it took me seven years. And I, I really appreciate how God took seven years. Seven is a really important number yes. and it means completion. So I had taken seven years to complete getting over myself, getting out of my anger, getting over my resentment and to be actually circumcised of the heart. I had ugly bits in my heart that needed cutting out and it took seven years. And once I got to that place of completion, I then walked that bridge to reconciliation. And I realized that had I not, the next generation, these children weren't even born. And I would have been that stumbling block for my children and these children. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord worked on my heart to transform my thinking. So it goes right back to the very beginning of our interview, being transformed in our mind, right? Mm -hmm. And he had to transform my thinking have me refocus and understand what grace looked like. Mm -hmm. And I needed to walk the bridge of grace. And oh boy, I'm so grateful I did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I got two more questions for you and I'll make them quick. One, okay. did you have, a, an, a, like you said, you had an epiphany. Did you have an aha moment where you went from the awareness stage to the acceptance stage to the action stage? Like, did you have that epiphany moment where like, I got to do something, something's got to give? Um, I would say probably no. No. Okay. No, I didn't until, well, the epiphany moment was when I was told to write a book. I suppose that's okay. the end. Fair that enough. was it. Because you don't know what you don't know until you know what you don't know. You know, the wise person isn't he that is so filled with knowledge. He thinks he knows it all. Once you are so filled with knowledge, you then are alluded to the fact that you know so little. Absolutely. Right. That's the wise person. Mm -hmm. That's that was the beautiful thing. I think that there was so much of my past that I knew. But I had to really not relive it to your point, but I had right. to revisit. Revisit, absolutely. Revisit, refocus, be resilient, be reformed. So and transformed. So yes. Yeah, so that's absolutely. what I had to do. I took the courage to do that. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing I would ask you is if you had one bit of advice for somebody watching this who is kind of at that, like, I don't know if my life's ever going to get better. I went through so much junk. I don't have a, you know, that is just really at that not thriving stage and needs a little guidance. What's one piece of advice you would give them? It's worth it. Nice. Yeah. It's, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and it's like putting your hand on the element, mm -hmm. right? It's hot and it burns. How many years and wasted life do you want to keep doing with your hand on the element? Right. Right. And, and sometimes it's that realization that actually the effort that it's going to take you to stop getting burned is actually less pain than you keeping your hand on the element right so it is so worth it my friends <laughs> it, it it really is what when we stop reflect realize we have choice and the power is in us to respond to that that's where the freedom starts to come and like I say 
let's not be a duck, quack, 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 and complain and keep blaming and quack about life. Let's fly like the eagle. Let's fly above it because I tell you what, the vision up there is so much better. The light, you're now out of the turbulent storm. You're now just cruising and it is beautiful. That is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, now, where can we find you? Where can we go to get your book? What, yeah, where? Sure. Tell us about what you do, like a, a day in your life to work with you. Oh, okay. So you can find me in, on Instagram, lowercase carolyn.deck, D-E-C-K. Uh, I'm on Facebook, um, Carolyn Deck, no dot. Um, <laughs> you can go on to Amazon and just type in my name and it will take you straight to my book. Okay. And yes. all those links will be put in the show notes so people can get to you for sure. Yes. Well, I so appreciate you coming here. This was amazing. Um, I would love to follow up and hear more about what you're doing a few months down the road or whatever. Yes. Thank you, Tammy. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming. Many people are going to love reading your book. And for everybody else out there, remember, guys, no matter what you've been through, and as Carolyn will tell us, it's a choice. But no matter what you've been through, other people have gone through it. You are not alone. You just need to be aware and you need to be start making the right choices for a better you, for sure. Yes. And there is hope. There is, there is hope. hope for sure. I'm here to tell you, I'm a witness to tell you there is hope. There is hope. Well, thank you very much. You have a blessed day. Thank you, Tammy. Been fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about? Let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book, Surviving Alcoholic Parents. While you're there, be sure to catch my invigorating seminar, Awakening Your Authentic Self. Together, we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles. Until next time, keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now.